Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This podcast is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery. How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right, today on the show, we have Mike Morawski. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being on. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the real estate space for 30 years. Started out on the sales side, selling residential properties, built a team selling well over 100 homes a year. Went into the apartment business, raised $18 million in private equity, bought $60 million worth of real estate, about 4,000 apartments, and that was in a 30-month period. Went on to build a property management company managing 7,500 units. And today I'm in the coaching and training space, help people scale their business and, and live a better quality, balanced lifestyle. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Let's talk about exit strategies. You know, I understand you wrote a book about it. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. And thanks for asking. You know, I think that exit strategy is something that we all need to keep in mind. You know, a quote I make in the book is that I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and training and seminars and books and tapes over the years, always to kind of walk away feeling a little empty, like I was missing something. And what I started to realize was that everybody taught how to get in the business, how to buy an asset, how to find an asset, how to manage an asset, but nobody taught us how to get out or a strategy around that. So I started to develop this strategy about when to get out, how to get out. And I think exit strategy is a combination of a lot of things. It's taking a look at the deal from the onset and knowing what you have to do along the way in order to maximize your value. I think when you are looking at a deal that you're buying, you know, when you do a 10-year spread on it, that there's a sweet spot somewhere. Somewhere between five and eight years is your most profitable point. You might as well do something at that point, create some type of an exit where you might not even give up control on it, but you maximize your capital and you pull your profitability out. And that's what the exit plan is all about. How do we maximize our, our capital at, at the most profitable point. 
Yeah, that's, that's it's so important. A lot of education out there is focused on how do you get your first deal. And that, that's why Kyle and I focus on asset management and, and, and having that strategy, that business plan from before you get that property and all the way through to execution, to, to the sale, to disposition. So it's, it's great uh, having you on to talk about it. But let's, I have a question. What are some of the most important things that, that someone's never gone through a full cycle? What are the important lessons that they should know about? Going through a full cycle? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think that that part of that is that that there's a lot of onset planning, right? So we have to look at all the the things up front that will help you get through a full cycle. Is the job growth there? Is the population growth there? How about the household income? You know, if I want to buy a property and I'm going to raise the rents, if the household income doesn't substantiate the ability to raise the rents, then it doesn't make any sense. And so these are things you need to look at up front. And then through the underwriting process, you'll determine whether or not or what you need to do along the way. You know, how do I staff the property? How do I retenant it? How do I use my CapEx dollars to the most effective bang for, for the dollar, right? And then how do I get out? And what's the best exit plan to get out? Meaning, you know, do I want to just liquidate it, sell and pull all my capital out? Or do I want to refinance? Do I want to bring a partner in? You know, there's different options that you don't have to give up all that control. And I think that you can go through a full cycle and still hold on to the asset and run it for another cycle. And I think that that's where we pull that profitability out at, at a certain point where it makes sense. And what would that look like if you, you exactly what you're talking about? Like, how do you still have some control if you're going full cycle? Well, okay. So that's a great question. So what I did, I modeled this in the book. I had a deal that that we bought and it was 187 units. And I was trying to do it with an institution. So it would have been my first institutional deal with an insurance company. And they weren't really sure about doing the deal with us. You know, we're a new sponsor. And, you know, at this point, I had about 3,400 units under management. So I wasn't like a brand new sponsor in the market. But what happened was I bought this with private equity and private investors. And that this insurance company continued to watch our growth and our transformation in the property. And as we started to turn the property, we were about 50% done with the recapitalization of it. And the insurance company came to me one day and said, hey, we want to be your partner. So I was able to buy out all of the private investors in the deal, put them in another deal. The insurance company now became my partner. So that was like a full cycle there for us and for the private investors, right? Because they made better capital in a shorter period of time. We're able to go on another deal that gave them a higher uh, return because they had more capital now to spend and brought in a new partner on this deal. And we ran another full cycle on it. So I think that you look for opportunities along the way that, that make sense for you to capitalize where... You know, if you're not paying attention to the whole exit or thinking the thing all the way through to the end, you're short-sighting yourself as a as an owner operator. That's an, an interesting scenario. How did you come up with a, a price that was, you know, really good for you as a buyer and very reasonable for your investors as well to, to make back a certain amount of, of money? Well, the investors still made back what they would have made back if, if you know, percentage-wise, right? So we gave them a little bit more because it was such a short period of time. And that was something we worked out with the insurance company when we did that. But it was all based on the new NOI. 
we had changed the value of the property, right? So my new NOI, based on the retenanting and the increase in rents and the profitability that we changed in eight months was substantial enough for them to come in and say, hey, you know, we see a big change here. We should have done this from the beginning. Let us jump in now. And so we had to do a couple of things that were structurally enhancing for the private investor to want to get out of the deal. So, you know, I think a lot of operators struggle on when's the best time to sell because, mm-hmm. you know, the property is probably still going to keep going up. Do you have a, a, a sweet spot that you recommend, you know, that you coach to or what do you suggest? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point, right? Do you know that the property is always going to keep going up? Because we don't know, right? Look what happened in 2008. We hit a wall and and nobody really knew, you know, everybody kind of started to assume that, yeah, maybe something's going to happen, but I don't think anybody assumed that it would be that drastic. So when you look at it, I think you take your profit when it, when your profit's there. So, you know, I said this earlier, if I run a spread on a deal, I'm going to go into and it's 10 years, but I know at year seven, that's my most profitable point. I want to do something when my profit is the highest because usually it's that bell curve, right? We come over the top and it starts to come off again. Not that you're going to lose money because you're still in a profitable position, but why not capitalize at that point? So do something or plan to do something at that point where, hey, if interest rates are conducive, go in and, and refinance the property. If bringing a partner in is it makes sense, then bring a partner in at that point. But I believe that there's different options you have at that sweet spot. And and I look at the sweet spot as that point that that you're most profitable on your projections. And and do you have any horror stories uh, that you could share with our listeners uh, regarding uh, an exit plan or or tough lessons that you learn by going through an exit? Do I? Yeah, you know what? I think we all have some some tough stories. You know, I I have some tough stories, some some things that have happened over the years as a result of some bad business choices, bad business decisions. You know, some warning signs that I would I would tell people is don't scale your business too fast. If you grow grow a business too fast, and and I added in 2007, I added 17 assets to my portfolio, which was about 2,700 units. You know, we weren't prepared for that. And what happens is you start to balance a chair on two legs, and you know what happens, you're going to fall over at some point. So I was over leveraged. I was out of balance. I bought assets at too high of a value. So I think a lot of times investors get way too excited about the market and being able to buy an asset, and they don't look at the price point that they're at. And that cap rate might be really compressed, and it might not make sense. So you really have to evaluate things and take a look at it. I'm such an advocate for taking time to sit back and think things through all the way to the end and really play out the different scenarios and make sure you get advice. Don't do it on your own. Have a mentor, have a coach, have somebody who can can help walk you through it. You know, because sometimes we can do something in our business, in our career that could change our life. And it's not a good place to be. Uh, excellent advice. I'm going to pass it over to Kyle and bring us home. All right, Mike, what is your asset management superpower? My asset management superpower is to make sure that you keep your eye on the ball. Make sure that you're looking at the right KPIs. We can look at KPIs on a monthly basis 
and we can manage the manager, but are we looking at the right ones? Mm -hmm. So we do, do we know what those metrics are that make sense for that asset? The what's going on in the marketplace, what's going on in the property, the occupancy, the raise in rents, you know, the delinquencies, the loss to lease. Are we looking at the things that are correctable? And I think it's really important to make sure we're looking at the right KPIs. Yeah, I love that. Because I always say, you know, the KPIs allow you to ask the right question. But if you're looking at the wrong KPIs, you're not getting to that right, right question. So it's extremely important. Yeah. So well said. All right, if yeah. you can tell the listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you. Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. You can reach me at my website, which is mycoreintentions.com. And my email is mike at mycoreintentions.com. And I did write a book called Exit Plan, Your Complete Guide to Multifamily Investing and Why You Need an Exit Plan Before You Buy. And I would invite your listeners to go and download a free copy, an ebook for themselves. And you can find that at mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan. And it'd be a free download for them. So. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Mike. And to all our listeners out there, if you like this episode, please subscribe and like and review so we can continue to grow the podcast. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have. And we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to AssetManagementMastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.